and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. So, hello, folks, and welcome to another episode from the Sales Chat Show, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales forward in the Sales Chat Show studio. Joining me, as always, Mr. Anthony Steers, Mr. Graham Jones, and I'm Simon Hazeldean. And this episode is entitled, How Much Business Are Salespeople Losing Because They Do Not Prioritize the Use of of the telephone i cannot tell you how happy and excited anthony the telephone <laughs> assassin steers is looking at this precise moment in time the probably the leading uk if not worldwide expert on, on using the telephone for salespeople is as excited as excited can be however this episode is not Anthony's fault, or Anthony's not the initiator. I did it, not instigate this. This was did not Graham. Instigate. This is Mr. Jones, Graham Jones. If you don't subscribe to Graham Jones's newsletter, which comes out every Saturday morning, Graham, is it? Every Saturday morning, 10 uh, o'clock. Every Saturday morning at 10 o'clock. I, I have a feeling Graham might use a sort of an automation email service rather than actually doing it at nine o'clock i don't sit here at <laughs> Saturday the button thousands of times yeah. we, we've got two pieces of research from two different uh, of, of graham's newsletters that prompted this conversation one is about outbound use of the of the telephone and one is about inbound use of the telephone when customers uh contact your business and there is some fascinating fascinating research and then uh, graham as you as you sort of mentioned in the the newsletter we're going to look about the 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 outbound aspect that actually the phone part of people's smartphones is probably the most underutilized and potentially more powerful part than the than the social media aspect or, or whatever of smartphone so talk us talk us through the research and what it said about outbound calls yeah, I don't, I don't like the word smartphone because a lot of people don't treat it as a phone when it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's certainly not smart because it does a load of stupid things for us. Um, <laughs> so, you know, stupid device rather than smartphone, whatever you want to call it. How yeah. about a make you feel smartphone? Yeah, make you feel smartphone. Because <laughs> you can ask Google things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, a lot of people think that the smartphone is about you know, sending emails, doing messages and WhatsApps and, you know, all those kind of digital kind of things. But actually, the phone bit is something that we really need to concentrate on. And so uh, in the newsletter you kindly mentioned, I'd uh, written about some research that was done at the University of Texas, which was looking at um, basically the concept of message decay. So how long does a message last before people stop acting upon it? Mm. And what they were doing was using a phone call. Now, they, this was about promoting an event that people would buy tickets for. And so what they did was make phone calls to promote that event. Um, and they were waiting to see how many other people it went to 
Yeah, so you ring a potential customer up and tell them about the event. What happened after that? How many other people did they subsequently share that information with? And how many people at the end of that chain were likely to act upon that? So mm -hmm. they were looking at people and asking them, you know, would you buy a ticket for this event based on the information that you've got? So in terms of the, the first phone call, it was well over 80% of people said, yes, they would book a ticket. Yeah, so 80, with, 88, actually, yeah. like nearly 90, yeah. right? Like, so that's nearly was, everybody. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but it the decay lasted right through to four people beyond that original phone call. So four people away it was almost half of them were still going to buy a ticket, 46% or something like that, as I recall. So so, so the person receiving the phone call was, yep. then tells other people, tells have, other you, people have you heard about this so event? And, it, I, and it, Somebody rings me and says, do you want to buy a ticket? And I go, yep, fantastic. Uh, I phone you, uh, you phone Anthony, and Anthony phones his next door neighbor, whatever, because mm -hmm. um, he would never talk over the garden gate. Why would you do that when you've got a phone? Would be his view. Um, so, <laughs> never met any of his neighbors. No, I mean, <laughs> yeah. And Anthony's actually not met anybody uh, no. other, other than over the other than over the telephone. Yeah, everyone's telling me about this lockdown thing. I just sit in my office the whole time. So, um, that fourth person, so Anthony's neighbor, would be very likely to buy a ticket now the reason for this is that it's people telling each other so the psychology of it is that we trust individuals more than we trust mm. a bit of electronic stuff and Ooh. so when you look at the decay of messages how long does a message last well a tweet you know lasts five to ten minutes so if the activity has not happened in there it, and when you're looking at you know how many people viewed your tweet unless you are a somebody tweeting who has got millions of followers almost nobody is seeing it mm. uh, so you the, and the same will happen for this new thing called threads um launched by meta recently so um if if you haven't got millions of followers hardly anybody is seeing what you do digitally and the decay is very quick the exception to that is linkedin where the decay is about 24 hours. Mm. So everything else, it's measured in minutes. LinkedIn lasts a lot longer. But even so, it's much less than four people away. So uh, LinkedIn is only largely going to be seen by the first people you connect with, your first degree connections. So the second degree connections will sometimes see it if one of your um, connections has shared it. But beyond that, the third connections and the fourth connections mm. so far away they never see what you do on linkedin because here half of the people who are the fourth person in the chain to be phoned mm. half of them virtually mm. are saying yes i'll buy this that's what was fascinating to me one was how a how powerful the phone was as though as though we didn't know that but great <laughs> great to see it in this modern social media world um mm. but also i would have assumed that kind of ripple effect I think, uh, as, as we might, you know, the, the, the as the communication flows, you'd have kind of, or I would have assumed that's, I post, Anthony likes it, you comment, your followers see it. You'd have sort of said, oh, that's social. That social does that. But here, the phone, 
is actually way, way more powerful. And I was also thinking a lot of businesses use webinars, events, seminars as a marketing vehicle, don't they? They invite people to come to the event. They share some useful information as a way of engaging people to, to sort of existing or new clients to, to engage them at the top of the funnel or bring, or bring them in. And typically, from what I've seen, it'll be email invitations or using setting up a LinkedIn event, which I'm not saying don't. Why don't you phone people? Because you're more likely to get a hundred people on your webinar or seminar if you're using the telephone. You'd have, to, like you're saying, you'd have to have a vast social reach, wouldn't you? An email impact reach to yeah. kind of get a hundred people. If you phone them, most of them are going to turn up. So in the digital game, it's always been about numbers. Yeah. yeah because the if you get a click through rate on email campaigns of 5% which is relatively typical um that means you know you need 100 people and five will click through but of them only about 1 or 2% are actually going to take it so yeah. you've got one or two of 1 or 2% of five people so you actually need another 20 people before you get one customer mm. so that means you need 2000 people to email to get one customer out of it and so if you need 100 customers, hey, presto, you're going to need an email list of 200,000 people. So um, whereas to get 100 people to my webinar, I probably need to phone 150. Um, <laughs> so I need yeah. far fewer numbers to get better business. And so uh, frequently people think, oh, it's nice and easy, it's straightforward. The difficulty with telephone is that you can't track it. This is why businesses love digital. Because mm. with telephone, it's very difficult to track. You can't track what the conversation was. You can't track what people listened to most in the conversation. Um, whereas I can track which bit of my email they clicked on. How far did they scroll? I can mm. produce lots of lovely graphs and charts. And I have been to business meetings where uh, they pour over the data of their email marketing and I, I did this with one company, and I remember asking them to tell me how much this meeting cost them, because they had piles of data all about their marketing, all about, you know, the emails they sent out and the, the clicks on their website and what people went to next. And there were these charts and diagrams. And to them, that was work. And so I said, how much does this meeting cost you? Um, and so we worked out that the time that was being spent on producing the report, it's a monthly meeting, producing the report, the staff hours payment that was there, and the lost money because they were not actually doing any work outside that they were in a meeting. <laughs> yeah, that meeting cost them 25 grand a month. Yeah, and I said, okay, that meeting has cost you 25 grand a month. You are now concentrating on your email marketing. How much does your email marketing bring you in a month? It was nowhere near 25 grand a month. So I said, you by running this meeting and looking at all this lovely data, you are losing money. Um, they scrapped the meeting immediately and they never done it again. Um, and I said, this is a quarter of a million pounds to talk about the problem that is costing us money. <laughs> yeah. So, but the reason they do it is because it, it's an illusion of work. It's an illusion mm. of something happening because we can produce charts and data and graphs and tables mm. and all kinds of wonderful things. But you can, because, you can with modern call you can technology with, call yeah, time with, number of calls. I mean, you can time, get some data. Number you can of calls. Get some some data, right? You can so record. You don't the know what happened within the call. No, yeah, no, that's the the crucial thing. So we know yeah. what happens within the digital activity. We know what they clicked on, which words they. Yeah. Yeah, we can't do that. Well, we could 
produce software that does it do that with telephones so actually businesses think i'm going to have much greater control because it's all about control yeah. i have much greater control over my marketing if this data is is inevitably telling us is that you're going to get more people and more business from the phone and less business from digital methods so you are very accurately measuring what's not working yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah we've got fantastic measures uh, so what we're what we're saying there is is a lot of companies are choosing their sales and marketing activity based on the amount of data it's going to produce that they can analyze not looking at the results and the outcome yeah so the data they're looking at is you know all the pretty charts and graphs and all of that yeah. and how many we've done and what words did they look at and where did they click and heat maps of this that and the other <laughs> rather than how many customers did we get yeah. and how much effort did we have to put into getting those customers okay. it's much what this data from texas shows is that it's much less effort to use the phone uh, to get more um, benefit the other thing that also is there of course is that if i do a tweet and it reaches you know thousand people a thousand people say see the tweet maybe and maybe another 20 see it as a result of their activity uh, whereas with the phone, not only does it go through to uh, potentially more people, but the other thing is because it's coming from a person and it's not digital, it's somebody that we know. So the third, the fourth person in the line is being phoned by the third person that they know. It's not some random kind of person. Mm -hmm. Whereas the tweet is just a digital thing coming from somebody whose account they've never known. They don't know who they are. It could be a bot. It could be somebody dodgy. So actually, they don't trust it, whereas yeah. they trust the information they're given on the phone because it's somebody they know has called them. So well, it feels more like a human being rather than a company. So there's a whole PR image kind of marketing awareness aspect here that is so that if that fourth person were now to get a phone call from the company, they are much more likely to buy because yeah. they've already had effectively a recommendation from a friend they already know. And Anthony, what's your what's your when you're working with your clients? How do you how do you get them comfortable with uh, whatever call metrics numbers? How do you how do you satisfy that uh, <clears throat> that nervousness? Well, interesting because, uh, Graham, you said you can't really track telephone conversations. Um, I do agree with you, although there are some sophisticated CRMs now that will do call recording, tell you who spoke for what percentage of the time, how many open questions were asked, pause it. Lots of information that I always turn around to these CRM companies who show this to me like I'm going to be amazed and go, that's not very useful. Yeah. Um, what you can do is by mapping touch points within a journey, which is made up of conversations or call one, call two, call three, however it may be positioned in your business. Those calls can be broken down into a call structure where that can be measured. So what I always say to people is if you map the touch points and the journey properly and exactly what is going to happen through those conversations, then I would be targeting my team on scoring sales cycle points 
because as long as they're, they're scoring points, they're moving people through that journey mm-hmm. towards making a decision and wanting to buy. OK, if you focus them on scoring points, you know that they're making a difference to the pipeline. If you focus them on or just target them on outcomes, then it's much easier to beat them up or for them to feel insecure or under pressure and stressed to chase that target. And I always think if you can get people doing the right stuff and making the pipeline move, you can then start to troubleshoot where the pipeline constipation is happening. And eventually it it all starts to come through. And I think that you can give somebody very positive feedback and respect their contribution to the pipeline even if they haven't got the end results and outcomes that pay the commission and look good on the board. So I think that conversation, that that things can be tracked if they're mapped properly. Um, I definitely think that that's, that's something that needs to be addressed. And I'm trying to do that with a few CRM companies who think that rolling AI, and I'm doing some, my inverted commas here into a crm system is not that intelligent it's just as it's almost as annoying as having a chat bot involved which most of us have experienced unless you're asking it a very simple question is not that helpful um so that's my view on the tracking the conversation bit um i'm smiling obviously because graham your stats that you gave me i talk yeah. about sniper selling when you say 150 calls versus spamming 2000 i mean emailing 2000 people <laughs> right um i then kind of go sniper selling is kind of what it's all yeah. about or i refer to it as wish list marketing the caveat i want to say to the the statistic is Obviously, they had a really high success rate. So that is obviously based on the fact that they were targeting the right people and there was good value to be seen in coming to that event as well. So you've got those two bits there. But what it really underpinned is the most powerful type of lead is a referral because it's it's that trusted yeah. We, we, I trust you. You've recommended them. Therefore, I will put a bit of extra trust in this person because it's come through you. So what we're really stressing is word of mouth is almost the most powerful tool in business it's how reputations are built and crushed basically and word of mouth starts with you if you don't phone anybody to start those ripples all you're really going to do is spam the world fall into that digital abyss of it falling into that category of, of being perceived to be received from a company therefore having less emotional impact or trust associated with it um yeah i, I Hopefully, these stats help to show people that digital is great. Yeah, well, we're not saying we're not. We're definitely not saying social and digital and email marketing etc. doesn't have a role to play. Of course, of course, it absolutely does. It's not an either or. It's an and both. Yeah. For goodness' sake, make sure the phone is part of it. Absolutely, and and with those email campaigns, like you were saying, Graham. A quick follow-up call to the five percent who do the click-through, just to say, did you find everything you were looking for? Is there any questions? Mm. Yeah um just a simple call like that i think because a lot of people like you say will will follow the link maybe not find what they were looking for or perhaps they didn't realize what it was that they were following and and, and back up but if they didn't find what they were looking for uh, a quick phone call I, I remember early on running um open workshops and i seen this lady had opened the link five times for my workshops from my email newsletter and I phoned her up and I said, um, I said, I can see that you've opened the, the thing for the workshop several times, but you've never booked. Can I just ask, is there a reason why you can't do it? Is it is it to do with the date? And, she, and it turned out she's got a little dog. 
Um, and she was like, I don't, he doesn't like being left on his own. And I was wondering whether I would be allowed to bring the dog into the venue because I've been allowed in hotels and things before. And I just sort of said, well, I've never been asked that question before. So I'm really glad I phoned you. I called the venue. They said, we do accept guide dogs and small dogs, but the caveat is you have to clear up after it. If it makes a mess, we'll provide all the cleaning equipment, but you have to tidy it up. So I went back to this lady, told her what the venue had said, and she booked a ticket. That's a sale that I would not have got had I not have bothered to pick up the phone because she thought that was a silly question to ask, and I never thought to put that information on my website. It's not in your FAQs, is it? (laughs) Absolutely. So, um, Of course, the other thing is, you know, sometimes salespeople will say, well, my customers like working by email. Well, they do some of the time. Uh, They do, they do, they do genuinely do, right? Some of the time, but Mm -hmm. it can be really hard to do a decent discovery. I think I would actually go as far as to say it's virtually impossible to do a decent discovery call with a customer via a chain of emails, right? So, you know, I think when the customer knows what they want and are they correct, but never mind that, then maybe email, maybe email. When you you ask people what's the what's the worst part of their job, email email. Pretty yes. near, much near the top, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, usually it's a dreadful boss. Yeah. Uh, it's the worst part of their job. But email is two or three. So actually, yeah. people do not like using email. They would far rather use the telephone. Yeah. yeah so, <laughs> well, I, I think in the sales function, the thing that I try and remind some of the clients I work with is that an email will get it off your desk. It usually doesn't complete the task. Yeah. Um. So one, you don't know if they've seen it or you could, they don't, it's harder. It's easier to ignore an email than it is somebody who's on the phone yeah. or on hold for you Um. in that instant. And I have that frustration of if I do try and do it on email, because sometimes it works, like you say, Simon, if, if, if there's a language barrier or a time zone thing, actually email can work really well. Yeah, yeah, right. I love it. Um, I, I use it. I um, use, I use but, it extensively. Yeah, but, um, but annoyingly, I will email somebody, ask them three questions. They make me wait two days, two days for an answer, and they only answer two of my three questions. So I still have to phone them up to get the third answer before I can move forwards. <laughs> now it's, we've been mainly we're mainly talking about outbound here, and you know, yes. obviously, all of our sales listeners, you know, we do outbound. We that's the proactive. We get on the front foot. We go and find new business. What about when business comes to you? Oh, Nirvana for all salespeople, like customers. <laughs> Customers, customers flooding, flooding to us, right? Mm-hmm. So, yes, we all know the data of how much internet research customers are doing now before they come. And so we might be led to assume that an inbound inquiry is likely to come via our website. So, you know, send us a message or send us an email or interact with our chat functionality or or our or our chatbot. And in another of Graham's <laughs> newsletters... It was Graham, but this was for SMEs. So yeah. you know, let's be let's be clear about that. So, what percentage of incoming telephone calls was a potential new customer in your in your newsletter? Well, let me just um, put this into a bit of context. So, this was research looking at the power of the telephone as an, an yeah. inbound uh, tool, and what they discovered was that the number of people preferring to phone now uh, is 10% higher than it was before the pandemic. So so in other words, there's a 10% increase on inbound phone calls compared to three years ago. Which is weird, right? That's counterintuitive, isn't it? Well, it might not be because it might be that people are craving that human contact again. Yeah. 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 So, and also don't forget lots of people are working 
at home, people doing, you know, mm. going into the office only maybe once or twice a week. The main reason go people go to work is for social contact. It's not yeah. to do the job. So um, the social aspect of work is really, really important. And so I think people are in a they're socially deprived when they work at home, and so they are looking for so so it doesn't it doesn't surprise me that more people want to use the phone. But when they looked at the number of uh, potential customers, it turned out that fifty six percent of those incoming calls to SMEs were from people who had never phoned the company before, and so these are you know the majority of calls, almost six out of ten calls are from people who clearly have an interest in your business. Um, and when I look at why do people look at particular parts of the website, the number one people reason, uh, the number one reason why people look at the top right of a web page is to look for the phone number. So they may not be phoning at that moment in time, but they want to check, can I phone them? Mm. Um, so actually having your phone number visible in the top right of your website is really important. But also this data tells us that people are willing to phone your business. So if you have got some kind of automated phone system, which is asking them, you know, please go to the website and press button to to talk to somebody. Yeah, you are losing a potential source of, of income. Mm. You need them to talk to people straight away. That's right, because you do you do sometimes have to fight the system. Yeah to actually get anywhere near a human being don't you yeah. <clears throat> which is i'm sure i'm sure helps with efficiency and they're and, trying to get uh, you to jump through hoops in the in the hope that you might give up and leave us alone yeah. right? but you've got to go back to the question why are people phoning you yeah. they're phoning you because they want to talk to someone if yeah. they wanted to go to your website they would have already gone there so forget all that nonsense of all these automated calls the mm. reason people make a phone call is to talk to you so, and 56% of them are new people wishing to talk to you. So they've, they've got some sort of question yep. or some sort of intention, yep. which might be a buying intention, right? Yep. Well, why would, they wouldn't phone you if they haven't got some kind of intention to ask a question at least. And yeah. Anthony, that sounds like well, a more it's, qualified it's, lead to me, right? Absolutely. That's a buying yeah. signal if ever I've seen one, right? Somebody yeah. phoning you up directly. Uh, the, the thing that always makes me laugh is obviously we've got some friends in the speaking world <clears> and <throat> when that uh, some of them used to tell me that when their phone rings, they would let it go to voicemail because they didn't want to be available or they wanted to look busy, which always baffled me. I was just like, that's they wouldn't have phoned you had they not have wanted to speak to you. And if you don't answer, how long will they mm. wait before they Google another number and phone somebody else? And if they do answer, are you going to yeah. miss a trick? Mm. Um, well, I've I've done some work over the years with one of the uh, the very large mobile phone networks, and they had in their um, in their small medium enterprise sector, they mm. had a, a very clever phone system that would detect which of members of staff were available for calls to be routed through. Yeah. And um, I mean, this is, this is a number of years ago now, and they shared some data about how long people would wait after they've left a voicemail before they went somewhere else. And, and it was, I think, I think the example was you, you need some printing for your business, whatever that is, leaflets or something, how long would you wait after leaving a message before you abandoned that potential supplier and went to another printer? When they started, if I recall, I mean, 10, 10 years ago or something, it was 24 hours, 48 hours. The last time they ran this, and it was five or six years ago, it was it was 
you know, in hours. And the younger the person, the less time they would wait. Mm. So asked, I, I understand let's be scarce. They like, don't want to appear like I'm permanently available. Yeah, maybe you do want to be permanently available to new business, new business coming in. So, uh, yeah, just well, like you say, it's a it's a clear signal that they want to speak to you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if you can make it as easy as possible for it to come through to a human being, it might be a quick question. You never know. It might be a yeah. more in depth one that requires a meeting or something else to yeah. happen. But, so um, definitely, folks, I think to bring to bring this to bring this down through to throw through to a close. Um, um, Get on the telephone and make sure that if customer wants to phone you, your your organization is set up and available to do that. Yes, with very modern world, artificial intelligence, social media, email, these things are very, very important. But let's not neglect the power of of the telephone so mr steers mr jones thank you very much for that folks i hope we've we've stimulated your thinking around making sure you're really leveraging the power of the telephone in your in your business so there are 250 episodes of the sales chat show and and counting available in our back catalog available from wherever you prefer to get your podcast or visit saleschatshow.com and you'll find them all there in the meantime it's been um, anthony steers graham jones simon hazeldean from the sales chat show wishing you good luck and good telephone selling folks You have been listening to an episode of The Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And from everyone here at The Sales Chat Show, we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling. (laughs) 